Hello, 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 my friends. In today's episode of the Apparently Parent podcast, we are going to talk about how we, parents, can talk with our children about tense social issues and political issues. I'm talking about things like racism and what is going on in the politics right now. And this is actually an anchor episode where you're going to listen to a previous episode, episode number 17, originally, of the Apparently Parent podcast. And this episode was aired and recorded in the height of the period with all the Black Lives Matter protests and everything that happened after the murder of George Floyd. And I felt like I had to record this episode back then because we had to talk about how we parents can and should talk about racism with our children. And why I'm releasing this again today, because as this episode goes out on January 23rd, it's a day after the inauguration of President Joe Biden. And last week, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, we saw what happened in the Capitol and it was kind of crazy. And I think this is a couple of really tense weeks when we think about what is going on in the world and in the US and I'm not living in the US but I live in a highly divided country and the United States is a kind of place that has ripple effects all over the world so I think that whatever is going on over there is felt all over the place so it's very relevant even if you like me you don't live in the US and wherever you live there are political tensions social tensions and whatnot. And I think as parents, we sometimes shy away and don't talk about these issues. And this is why I thought this is another good time to talk about this again, how we can talk about racism and other social or political stuff with our children. Now, in the episode that you're going to listen to, again, I'm talking about racism because, as I've said, it was recorded as a response to the whole Black Lives Matter movement and what happened with George Floyd. And, and the old tension around that in social media and everything that went down uh, in those times. But it's highly relevant uh, today. So you can take this discussion and you know, apply it to every social or political issue that you would like to have a conversation about with your children, no matter how old they are. You, all, you just need to ad- adapt it to their age. And this is something that I'm addressing in this episode. So again... I welcome you to listen to this episode again, and I hope that you will find a way to have this very, very important conversation with your children. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So, if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eran Katz. Exactly one week from the date of this recording, it was on Monday, May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis by a police officer who came to arrest him and pressed on his neck so hard until he died, which instigated a flood of protests around the United States. Yesterday I read that protests were started even in London. And to tell you the truth, I didn't plan to make a podcast episode about it. I usually don't tend to speak about current events, 
Not because I don't have something to say, but usually because, well, I feel less articulated when I'm talking about these issues. I usually don't go deep into reading about what's going on, especially since COVID-19 hit. I disabled all the news notification on my phone uh, because I didn't want to read about it. And so I, I really didn't even know a lot about what was going on in the United States up until yesterday or the day before. Also because I don't live in the States, so it's not in my usual news cycle. But this, of course, is a lot bigger than the States itself. So as I, as I said, I usually don't talk about this stuff because I feel less articulated when I talk about this issue. And I also realize that I tend to shy away from these conversations out of fear. And this is a fear that I may say something wrong. Even just the this, this uncomfortable sense of these are tough issues to talk about. Racism and, you know, white privilege. I, I am a white Jewish male in a Jewish country. I think that you can safely say that I am on the top of the privilege scale, at least in my country. And, you know, you... you you can go into this sense of I shouldn't speak or what is it for me and who am I to talk about these issues. But a couple of people on the internet um, wrote about these issues and inspired me. And I want to give a shout out for one specific person who is uh, Stu McLaren, who is a teacher at an online course that I'm currently taking. And he went live yesterday, a couple of hours ago, actually, to talk with with this group of people that we're studying together and being really open and vulnerable about it. And he and other people made me realize that it's bigger than just me. It's not just about me. It's not about the fact that I'm white or not. I cannot indulge in that privilege and not speak up. And it's not only about black or white, although this is the focal point at this point, and it should be. But again, I don't live in the States and I can totally see the importance of these issues because I live in a really polarized uh, country. The society where I live is really polarized and it's not black and white here, but it's Jewish and Muslims and other polarized groups. And especially this is a country where racism and discrimination is really <laughs> has really seeped into the ground for many, many years. So I can see the inherent racism in the system and how it affects other people's lives. So everything about it was kind of a light bulb around my head that I gotta speak about these issues. And here on the Apparently Parent podcast, we are talking about parenting and how you as a parent can build an enduring and special connection with your children, what you can teach your children by your own behavior. So I thought about it, what kind of a message are we giving our kids if we don't speak about what's going on and we don't speak about the wrongs in society if we stay silent because silence can be and i know that as a psychologist yeah silence can be really really toxic so what i want to talk about today is why should we talk with kids about racism and especially now what's going on with uh, george floyd and and his death and, and the protests around the United States and wherever else they will go to, and how can we approach these conversations with our children. This is not an easy issue to talk about, and I'm not even sure that I have all the, the answers, and I even think that I'm going to give up on the intro today because my, my intro music is really upbeat, and I, 
I'm not feeling upbeat about that right now, so I will just continue without that. And I want to split this uh, conversation to two parts. The first part is why should we talk with our children about racism and what's going on right now, etc. And, and then how? And I, I hope that I will convince you that you should initiate those talks and I can give you some information or tips about, about how you should do that. So first, let's talk about the importance of initiating such conversations. Some people think that if it doesn't happen in your neighborhood, if it doesn't happen in your city, if you, if you live in the States and you don't have protests, protests in your city, maybe you should, shouldn't talk about it. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. As I've said, I don't see any protests about it where I live because this is a whole different continent, but it's still an important conversation because the fact of the matter, it's not about George Floyd and it's not about every other person who was gunned down by police brutality or anything else. It's not about one person. It's about a concept. It's about initiating a conversation about racism and about human rights and about general issues. Empathy, which for me empathy empathy should be the driving driving force in this world, and we tend to shy away from such a conversations because as I'm feeling right now it's it's uncomfortable to talk about these issues, and especially with your kids, you don't want to say something wrong and you you don't want to talk about uncomfortable stuff with your children you don't want to make them anxious or sad or afraid. And what I have to say about that is that you, you shouldn't be afraid to say something wrong because saying nothing is far worse than saying something which is not exactly right. In one of the first episodes of this podcast, I think it was episode number two, but I will put a link to it in the show notes uh, of this episode. I talked about the tension between trying to be a perfect parent and just being a good enough parent. And what I was saying over there is that a lot of us are trying to be quote-unquote perfect parents but there is no such thing as a perfect parenting because this is kind of like chasing a rainbow you can never achieve a perfect parenting you will always make mistakes and trying to be perfect is trying to not make mistakes which is the worst thing that you can do because if you don't try you'll get nowhere okay and if you always try to be perfect and anticipate everything your child needs and And be there completely for him, you're setting yourself up for failure because you just can't you can't be there one hundred percent you can't do everything right, okay, so I'm sure that as an employee, you don't expect to yourself to be one hundred percent perfect, right? The same goes for parenting. what your children need are good enough parenting, which means being mindful as a parent to where you make mistakes and trying to correct those mistakes and own them and acknowledge them. So again, don't be afraid to say something wrong. Yeah, this would be or this could be an uncomfortable conversation, perhaps. But this is where we grow. This is, this is where we grow as adults, as parents, and this is where we grow our children around the edges. So don't let this conference prevent you from having this discussion with your children. And it's better to start a conversation and fail than not start a conversation at all. I recently heard this saying that When you try something, there are two options. You either succeed in it or you learn something new. It's not about failure. And when talking with our children, when having conversation, it's really not about failing. It's not about being wrong. Yeah, you can do wrong. You can hurt a child in a conversation if you approach it in, in the wrong way, in an unempathetic way, in a... You know, when you don't think about what he or she think, thinks or feels, but this is not the way to go. Okay, so 
if you come from the right place. And, and in the second part of this episode where I'll talk about the how, I'll talk about how you should approach this conversation so you will minimize the risk of saying something wrong. But again, don't be afraid to say something wrong. You can always, always fix after the fact. Now, there's another reason why parents tend to shy away from these conversations about racism, whether it's about skin color or religion or other factors that can uh, instigate racism. Parents sometimes think, think that if they don't talk about it, that their children will not notice it. Or to say it uh, the other way around, they think that if you talk about color, you will make your child notice color. Like there's the sense that my child loves everybody and they don't see skin color as something significant. And, you know, that's kind of bullshit. Because if we don't talk about color, we kind of denying the fact that there are differences in the color of people or in the religion of people. And the fact of the matter is there are differences. We just don't look alike, all, you, all of you humans, right? So there are the differences. And not talking about the differences only denies the fact of the difference. It's not the difference in the skin color that makes the judgment. It's what we feel and think about it that makes us judge and, that, and, and instigates racism. And, you know, children already know their different colors. Research has shown that as soon as three months old, babies already concentrate more on faces that match the race of their parents or caregivers. So if it's a white baby born to white parents, they will concentrate more on the pictures of white babies, more than black babies. And, and the other way around. This is just how their brain works. And already at two years of age, kids may associate race as an explanation of people's behavior or as a way to choose playmates. And another really, really interesting research has shown that Around five years old, kids already hold views about race and status that adults have. So never ever think that children are colorblind, because they aren't. And having an honest and explicit conversation with children around the age of five to seven, this is another research, it did help with improving the racial attitudes of these children rather quickly. So you have to have these conversations with your children. And, you know, you should structure it around the society you live in. So if you live in the States where racism, especially um, against black people, but not only that, where it's really an issue, a big issue, still, you have to talk about that. When I come to think about it, where I live, the, the biggest issue is, about, is racism against uh, Arab people and Muslims. And I have to, you know, approach that when I talking with my children and they, they don't meet a lot of Muslims and Arab people and they should. And we have to talk about the way the society I live in discriminate against those people. So you have to have this conversation. There's this song, silence is golden. Well, silence is not golden, it's poisonous. In these issues, it's poisonous. So I hope you realize now and you feel like you should start a conversation about these issues with your kids. And if you live in the United States, you have all these news cycles about protests and everything, and then you probably feel that you have to talk about it, even if you don't want to. So how should you talk about your kids, about racism and what's going on right now in the United States and protests and everything? This is really, really complex. And I can't give you all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But I can give you some guidelines. And the most important keys for having these kind of talks is first, you have to be honest and you have to be open. 
Honest with yourself and your children. You don't have to have all the answers. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, I don't know everything. I don't feel comfortable talking about these issues. So this is me being honest. And this is also me being open, open for my own emotions and thoughts about these issues and also open about, you know, if you're having this conversation with your kids, being open about the, the thoughts and feelings of your children about that. Now, when you're talking about these issues or other, you know, conflicting or um, these uncomfortable issues with your children, I want to give you a simple formula that you can use whenever you feel stuck. Okay? And this is true always. Always when you're having a conversation with your child or your spouse or whomever. Okay? Remember this acronym. SLOW. S-L-O-W. SLOW. So what does it mean? S stands for slow down. Okay? So you don't have to rush anything. If you don't have the answer, if you feel that you don't know what you say, you don't have to rush anything. Okay? You, you're not treating a dying patient at the moment. You're having a conversation. So no rush. Take a breath. Ground yourself physically if you need to. Take the time if you need to. Okay, slow down and slow down your thoughts as well. L stands for lean in. Okay, don't disconnect when you feel stuck. Lean closer, both physically and mentally. You know, you can lean into the conversation physically by getting closer to your child and lean in mentally as well. Try to listen. Okay, sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just have to listen. And O stands for open up. So when you're stuck with conflicting or negative thoughts, just try to open up for whatever is coming up for you. Thoughts and feelings, allow them to be, just be. And W stands for warm up. Try to feel compassion, warmness towards yourself, towards your child or your partner or whomever you talk to. So this is the acronym SLOW. Slow down, lean in, open up and warm up. And you don't have to remember this right now. Don't write it down if you're, you know, driving or something. Just you, have, you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 17. There you will find the show notes for this episode. And I will write down slow for you over there. Now, first things first. You have to approach this kind of conversation when you feel calm. And when you have the time to do so. So try to find a time when you are in no rush and you can look at each other. This is not a conversation to have over the commute to school when you're driving and your kids are uh, sitting behind you and you can't face each other and you'll have to end it abruptly when you get to their school. This is not a conversation to have over breakfast when you rush to work. You can do so over breakfast on, on a Sunday maybe or a Saturday if that's your day off. Okay, You can do so in the evening before they go to bed or during the afternoon, but not in a time when you have to rush. And the facing each other is kind of important, at least for me, because both you and your child should be able to notice each other's reactions and facial expressions, etc. There is so much, so, so much implicit communication going on non-verbally between you and your child in your tone of voice in your prosody in your facial ex expressions that you it would be much better if you will have this conversation when you can look at each other and this is true for every every conversation that has you know an emotional substance to it with your child with your spouse wherever and one last thing before i go to some more specific details try to always follow your child's lead Ask them, be curious, 
okay? They don't have to have all the answers, of course. You don't have to have all the answers. But ask them, ask them what do they feel, what do they think, and allow them to speak their mind as long as they need to, and then respond. And if they don't seem to be able to engage in that conversation right now, you can just acknowledge that and move on. Don't shove it down their throat. If they don't feel ready for that or, or you know, they're not in the space to listen and to have a conversation, just know that and tell them that it's really important for you to talk about it, but you can do it later. And if they have anything they want to tell you or ask you or share with you their feelings, they're allowed to do so whenever they want to. And, and initiate a conversation in another time. That's fine. You don't have to, you know, put them on the spot. Now, if you have previously listened to the Apparently Parent podcast, you know that one of the biggest things that, are, that is really important for parenting is the concept of validation. And I'm talking about the validation of thoughts and feelings. Because this is a loaded subject. It can be a really emotionally loaded subject. So we have to be really open to whatever emotion is coming up, either inside of you or your child. And as I always say, every emotion is allowed. Don't ever judge yourself or your kids for having an emotion or for not having an emotion. You know, you may think that this is really important, but you notice that you don't feel anything. That's fine. Don't judge yourself for that. Validate that. Maybe there's something blocking your emotion, okay? So this is something maybe deeper. Also for your child, especially the younger ones. You know, teenage kids, they have emotions and they usually show them. But, you know, the younger ones, they don't usually know how to name and express their emotions. So don't judge them for not, quote-unquote, not, not feeling anything. Because deep down they do feel. And that's because emotions are really important guides in our lives. And when we block them out, we deprive ourselves of an important piece of information. And this is especially true for the so-called negative emotions, such as fear or anger. So don't do that to your kids. Don't tell them that they have nothing to be afraid of or there is nothing to be angry about. And even if the emotion they show is uncomfortable for you, it's better if you let them know that it's okay to feel this or that. And after you give them that acknowledgement, that validation, then you can discuss the meaning of having such an emotion. So first and foremost, ask them what they feel and validate that. And if they don't know what they feel, there's this little trick that I sometimes I use, especially with the younger children in my practice or with my own kids. And it's like the menu question. So you can ask them what do they feel about it. And then they, you, you notice that they don't know what to say. So you can offer a menu of a sort. You can say, you know, sometimes people feel um, angry or sad or afraid. Maybe you feel one of those things. So you can try that. Now, there's the question of what should you say, you know, about the, the current events, uh, about the death of George Floyd and what's going on in the streets with uh, riots and protests and looting and police brutality and everything, yeah? So there's this tension between overcomplicating things and oversimplifying things. So first of all, try to keep things kind of simple. Don't overcomplicate the message. And this is something that you should structure to the intelligence and the age of your child. So I can't give you, you know, a rule of thumb. You have to know and feel your child. But, you know, the older your child, the more complex conversation that you can have, of course. But try not to go into really complex issues of, you know, perspectives and whatnot and trying to make everything too much to absorb. On the other hand, don't oversimplify as well. 
this is not a basic good versus evil story like you know a Tolkien the Hobbit story. So this is this is a little bit more complex than that. Okay, so you you can't oversimplify it as well. So for example, if your child asks about what happened, you know maybe she heard it in school or read about it online or maybe the news were open. The TV, the TV was open on the news and she heard something. You have to structure it for, for the specific age, but give the basic facts. Okay? This is true for preschoolers and, and older. If, if, you, if you have toddlers like two to three years old, you should really avoid watching the news around them. And this is true for older kids as well. But you don't have to really explain everything for kids at that age because they, don't really, they can't really grasp you, the, the story, the narrative. But for preschoolers, like three years old and above, you can have this kind of conversation adapted to the age. For example, you can say something like, there was this policeman and he arrested a man named George. And while doing so, he acted in such a way that killed that person. And he shouldn't have done that. And for all the kids, you can explain how uh, George Floyd died, if you want to. And then you can go on and say, he shouldn't have done that. That's really unfair that it happened and many people are really upset and really angry about it because that policeman was white and George was uh, black and many people think that this wouldn't have happened if that person was white and they're right to think so and again with older kids you can explain it usually it usually happens for black people a lot more than white people if at all I don't have the stats next to me but I'm sure you can find them if you want to and and this is why those people are protesting and again, you can, you can explain that when people protest, when they are really angry, sometimes riots can happen and then the police comes in and all this anger boils up and structure it to your child's ability and understanding and stay as close to the facts as possible. And then ask your child, what do they think about it? And what do they feel about it? And, and then shut up and listen. Sometimes they will n not know what to say. Then you can offer, you know, the menu, like I suggested above, you know, you know, you, you, when you hear about what happened between that police officer and that man, what do you feel about that? What do you think about it? And prepare yourself to get shocked. Prepare yourself to the option that your child may say something like that police officer did the right thing because probably that man was really violent and he had it coming. And... Don't judge your child for having that thought, because if you judge them, you can judge them internally if you want to, but don't, explic don't judge them explicitly, because if you do that, you will prevent them from learning anything new. Don't attack them for that. And don't attack yourself for them thinking that as well. Notice that and think about what you may have said or the way you may have acted before and that may have led them to that kind of thinking. And it's not only you, it's the society at large. But this is a learning point. This is an opportunity to learn something new. So if your child expresses this kind of thinking, you can say something like, well, that's not true because the man wasn't violent. You know, there's the video to show that. And why should you think he was violent? Because the police officers never get things wrong? Well, that's not true. Or because he was black? Well, that doesn't mean anything etc, etc, okay? So try to, again, be as open and honest as possible 
in this conversation and acknowledge and admit that it's not easy to talk about these issues if that's true for you. This is a wonderful modeling opportunity for your child and for yourself. Seeing you engaging in uncomfortable conversation, which are important, is a wonderful modeling opportunity because children, they learn more from how we act than from what we have to say. So this is really important for you to act on this. Now, in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to a great article written by Dr. Laura Markham. And she really breaks down, according to age, how you should talk to your children about what happened. Starting from toddlers to preschoolers to teens. This is really, this is a gold of uh, information. And, and I will put the link in the show notes. Again, it's on apparentlyparent.com forward slash 17. You should read that before you approach this kind of conversation. Now, if your child doesn't even know that something happened, because maybe they were not exposed to the news or didn't hear about it, or maybe you live in somewhere where nothing really happened, I, I still believe that you can initiate a conversation about it, especially if your child is, let's say, seven years and above, okay, or maybe eight years and above. The numbers are not really, you know, there's no one right formula, but it's kind of my sense, my this is what why my this is what my gut is telling me. You can you can tell them because they will probably hear about it sooner or later. You can tell them that something happened. You can tell them the story of George Floyd, and you can tell them the story of the protest, and you can initiate a conversation even if they didn't hear about it. And this is a really important conversation to have. I hope I have convinced you of that already. So. Don't wait for them if they didn't, you know, it, it's been a week already. It, actually, when this episode is published, it's going to be more than a week uh, after that. So so initiate a conversation. Don't wait for them if they didn't bring it up already. Now, when, when people talk about these kind of issues with uh, their children, uh, especially um, if you're white, okay, let's admit it, especially if you're white, you are, some parents are more prone to have the message of, you know, we don't see any color. Okay, we love everybody, we don't see color, etc. And again, I said it before, but I want to stress it again. Avoid that message. Please avoid the message that I see no color or I see no religion or whatever, because it's kind of bullshit. When it comes to skin color, none of us is colorblind. And trying to quote-unquote see no colors only means you're trying not to see the inherent racism embedded in the system and denying the fact that it exists. So you don't teach that to your children. Acknowledge that there's a little piece of racism inherent everywhere and it's also maybe inherent in, in us. Because biologically speaking or evolutionarily speaking, our brains are adapted to feel safer with those who look more like us. It doesn't mean that we have to be afraid of, you know, if I'm white I have to be afraid of black people and vice versa. It's just the way our brains are wired and we can and should do something about that. And it starts with acknowledging that fact that we are doing that thing, even if we don't intend to. So saying I see no color is kind of lying to your brain. So never try to lie to your brain like that. It doesn't lead anywhere. Now, there's another point that it's not about the issue of why should you talk about it with your kids on how should you talk about it with your kids, but I did want to stress it out. Try to minimize news exposure as much as possible. I, I honestly believe that the news, especially in this day and age, 
are kind of toxic and we shouldn't indulge in listening or watching the news all the time. So if you're an adult and it's important for you to know what's going on, I suggest to do as I do and, you know, watch the news once a day and, you know, you can read online what's going on and that's that. You don't have to have CNN open in the background all the time. And this is especially true for kids because when kids watch all those news reports of be- people being hurt, you know, watching that video clip of George Floyd or other people being gunned down or beaten by police or whatever, there's a danger of them suffering from what we call secondary trauma. And that means that they don't have to be there to experience this as traumatic. You know, when, when someone gets hurt and you watch that, when, when it happens, where it happens, when, where you're present, you may suffer from trauma even if it didn't happen to you. And the same thing is true when you watch it on the news. For your brain, it can hurt the same way. And this is especially true for, for children because they still lack the capacity to differentiate and, and see things in a broader perspective, etc. And so as, as true as it is for adults, it's more true for your children. So watch yourself around that. So try to minimize exposure to the news, especially for this kind of news, for, to, for all these viral videos. And, you know, watching these videos can also nurture anxiety, both for you and for your children. So I'm not saying that we should not take those videos, you, you know, because they're important to, to bring awareness for what's going on. I'm not going against the fact that these videos exist. But you should be really careful with yourself and especially with your children about the exposure to them. So it's not that we have to deny the truth of what's going on, but we can discuss it without all the gore, without the actual visuality of things. So I think that's it, at least for now. And if you kept up listening up to this point, I really want to thank you for staying on and listening. This issue is really important, I think, for each and every one of us. And I myself am going to try to be as conscious to these issues as possible more than before and to speak about them, both with my kids and with you guys, because I'm here to help you as parents build these enduring and meaningful relationships with your children. And this is part of that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and you, that you could take something out of it. And if you have any questions that you want to ask, feel free to contact me. You can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 17. You will find all the resources over there that I mentioned. And you can also contact me via the website or go to apparentlyparent at Instagram. Follow me over there and write a DM for me and I will get back to you as soon as possible. And if you had such a conversation with your kids and we want to share it, with us just let me know write for me and i will be really happy to hear about it and to think together about what we can do as parents and that's it for now next week i'll be back with another episode of the apparently parent podcast i hope it will be more upbeat and i wish you a good week and stay safe and be well bye-bye